Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning. It is 7.30 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene. Some news just crossing the Bloomberg Professional Service. Canadian Pacific, remember they uh, backed off their merger efforts with Norfolk Southern. Now they're boosting their quarterly dividend to $0.50 cents Canadian from $0.35 cents Canadian. They're also going to buy back up to about 5% of their shares. Uh, just a few moments ago, Coca-Cola reporting first quarter earnings on a per-share basis better than forecast, $0.45. Cents. The estimate was for 44 Revenue matched 10.3% billion dollars. Uh, Mitsubishi Motors, they're the latest to admit they manipulated emissions test data. Shares down 15% in Tokyo today. Intel going to eliminate 12,000 jobs, 11% of its workforce shifting its focus to chips for data center machines away from the PC, things we are keeping an eye on today. Michael Barr is keeping an eye on what is happening in world and national news, and he's with us now. Michael. Mike, thank you very much. President Obama is in Saudi Arabia to meet with King Salman and other Persian Gulf allies. The president will also attend the Gulf Cooperation Council Summit. Later, the president will also visit London and Germany. Democrat Hillary Clinton and Republican Donald Trump are the winners of the New York primary. Hillary Clinton's win gives her at least 135 more delegates to rival Bernie Sanders, roughly 104 he picked up last night. Donald Trump got at least 89 of the state's 95 Republican delegates. Hundreds of mobile phones seized by the FBI over a six-month period cannot be opened. A bureau official told U.S. lawmakers the encryption using passcodes cannot be broken. It highlights the debate between helping law enforcement and the possibility of hackers getting hold of a way to access phones to millions. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus from around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike? Thank you, Michael. Time now for the Land Rover Parsippany Bloomberg NBC Sports Update. Here's John Stasher. All right, Mike. Three home losses doomed the Rangers in their last playoff series last year, and they lost again last night at the Garden. Matt Cullen scored on a breakaway third period. Penguins added an empty netter at the end and won 3-1 to one for a 2-1 series lead. Rick Nash, the Ranger goal, shorthanded, opening into the second period. That was it. Sidney Crosby, a power play goal for the Penguins, and then two Ranger defensemen got tangled up, leading to the Cullen breakaway. Rangers only 17 shots on Pittsburgh goalie Matt Murray. Game four tomorrow, Islanders in Florida, their game four tonight in Brooklyn. Tampa Bay and St. Louis both won for 3-1 series leads. Anaheim won at Nashville, who still leads 2-1. Two NBA blowouts, Atlanta and San Antonio, both easily at home for 2-0 leads over Boston and Memphis. Remember when the Mets couldn't score? Not the case lately. Six more home runs and 11-1 route of the Phillies. That's 17 homers the last five games. Neil Walker belted two. He's got six on the season. Plenty of support for Logan Verrett. Six scoreless innings in second straight. Impressive start at the stadium. Jed Lowry, four hits for Oakland. He doubled and scored in the 11th inning. The A's beat the last place Yankees 3-2. to With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashauer. 
Thank you, John. The EU accusing Google of antitrust violations. Google's shares now trading in the pre-market. And where they are depends on which shares you're talking about. The A shares are up by 2.4%. The C shares are up by 1%. So no impact from the EU action on Google shares so far this morning. We'll keep an eye on that as the day goes on. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene. Google shares are up. So are the futures markets in the United States. S&P up three points right now, a tenth of a percent. Dow futures up by 14 points, also higher by a tenth. We had seen the futures markets lower through most of Asian and early European trading. Uh, time now for the NJIT STEM report, brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, investing more than $110 million a year in applied research to solve problems and improve life. Learn more at storiesofinnovation.njit.edu. Here's John Tucker. Well, let's see what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, next time you fly a drone in Hong Kong, authorities in Beijing may be watching what you're doing. SZ DJI Technology, the world's largest maker of small civilian drones, says it's in discussion with Chinese government officials who are keen to gain access to the trove of data its airborne devices siphon up. Uh, that includes location, flight records, and possibly video shot by users and uploaded to its servers. It's unclear how future data requests may apply to the U.S. and European customers, although the company will inform users if any of their information is handed over to authorities. Uh, DJI notifies users in its privacy policy that their personal data may be transferred to and from servers throughout China, Hong Kong, and the U.S., Intel's chief executive officer, Brian Kranzik, is eliminating 1,200 jobs, 12,000 jobs, the chipmaker's deepest cutbacks in a decade, taking his most radical step yet to move Intel into new businesses and ease its dependence on the shrinking personal computer market. The world's biggest semiconductor maker said he is shifting its focus to higher growth areas, such as chips for data-centered machines and Internet-connected devices, which so far aren't contributing enough to make up for the decline in sales of PCs. And that is this morning's Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Mike. John Tucker, thank you very much. Well, as you no doubt know by now, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump won the New York primaries. The uh, narrative now is that both of them are favorites for nomination by their parties, which leads me to wonder why this is something of an Alfred E. Newman market. Remember Mad Magazine, Tom, Alfred E. Newman, What Me Worry? Uh, you got Hillary Clinton, who is talking about bashing Wall Street and not supporting free trade initiatives, and you got Donald Trump, whose economic Proposals you can't even categorize because they, they, they're all over the place and they make absolutely no sense at all. Libby Cantrell is executive vice president at PIMCO, and her job is to track what's going on in the political world. And I'm just wondering why the, none of this is reflected, it seems, in the markets. What me worry? Yeah, right. I know the markets have been impervious, really, to date um, during this uh, really unconventional election cycle. Now, that might change as we get closer to the convention and depending, especially on the Republican side, if no one candidate has the simple majority of delegates going into the convention to, to win the nomination. Um, so in a broker convention and contested convention environment, we don't know, know, so know how the market will react. But, yeah, to date, the, the market's been pretty insensitive to all of this. Does it suggest that maybe Washington has taken itself out 
as a as as a factor affecting investment. I mean, it may, it may not be helping, but nobody thinks it can hurt because they don't do anything. Uh, possibly. I think more more realistically, it's just people just don't know what to make of this right now. And I think once we once there are the the nominees are in place, um, once we get cl- closer to to the general election, once we have a better understanding of what Congress may look like in 2017, I think the markets will likely focus more on this. But until now, I don't I don't know why. You know, I think they're just they're they're viewing this as noise and sort of rightfully so at this point. Congressman King of New York brought into stark reality in the last 48 hours that divides in the Washington you cover. I'm fascinated by, I guess, in general, Senate House dynamics, but particularly Republican Senate and House dynamics. To be a fly on the wall must be something. Yeah, you know, I think there was there was a lot of hope on um, obviously on on the House side, especially when Speaker Ryan came in. And you, know, to his credit, and I'm not going to be an apologist for sort of Washington in action, but to his credit, he actually has done some things that haven't really been reported. Uh, you know, he passed the budget deal at the end of the last year. He passed a five-year highway bill. He passed a tax tax extenders bill, all of which were signed into law. So to, to sort of characterize this Washington as absolutely do nothing is probably not accurate. But the last couple of months, you know, you've seen him challenging um, in terms of Puerto Rico, passing Puerto Rico legislation, in terms of trying to get a budget uh, done. You know, he is dealing with the realities of a very um, kind of fractious caucus. And if Paul Ryan honestly can't unite the House of Representatives on the Republican side, I, I don't know. I don't know who can. Some have suggested it could get worse for him. Because moderates may be defeated in in the election if the uh, if yeah. Trump is the nominee. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that there is a there's a scenario where people vote kind of down ballot, right? So if there's a big turnout on the Democratic side to defeat Trump, um, and folks then vote kind of down ballot for their senator and for member of Congress, then that could be challenging. You know, realistically though, the Republicans have the greatest majority in the House since the Depression era. It's very difficult to conceive a scenario in which the House swings to Republicans at this point, um, just given congressional redistricting, given there's not many swing districts on the House side. Um, so that is a it's possible. I would say at this point it's it's still not probable, though. But Ryan will definitely be dealing with a more narrow majority next uh, in 2017. Libby Cantrell uh, with us with PIMCO. We'll come back and continue this discussion, the dynamics of uh, Washington. Mike, are we Denver Broncos free today? Or, oh, know, never, never. Never, come on. Never. We, we've got a whole quarterback controversy to sort out, and Ooh. the NFL draft is coming up. We're I will not look, handle that this conversation. This is Bloomberg Surveillance Sports, because, of course, we got Libby and the Broncos, and then later on, John Angelos from the Baltimore Orioles. Very cool. From the Orioles, I believe first place. First Bloomberg place, Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Outstanding offers are in full bloom at your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealers. Take advantage of limited-time lease and finance programs on select models this spring season. Visit MBUSA.com for details today. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. 
And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by Eisner Amper, Hedgeweek Institutional Investor, All Credit Intelligence. Fund managers reading these publications rank Eisner Amper high for excellence in client service. Find out why, EisnerAmper.com slash excellence. The European Commission sending Google a formal antitrust complaint accusing the company of striking restrictive contracts that prevent makers of tablets and phones from adding competing apps and web browsers. We're also watching earnings this morning. Abbott Labs crossing the Bloomberg. First quarter profit beating analyst estimates. Coca-Cola posted first quarter results that mostly met analyst estimates. Underwhelming investors and shares are down about 1.3 percent in early trading. Canadian Pacific Railway reporting first quarter profit that beat analyst estimates. And U.S. Bank Corp said profit dropped 3.1 percent in the first quarter. Futures this morning are higher, and this as oil declines and investors assess earnings. S&P E-mini futures up three points. Dow E-mini futures up nine, and NASDAQ E-mini futures up eight. The DAX in Germany is up two-tenths percent. European stocks also reversing an earlier decline. Ten-year Treasury up 132nd. The yield 1.78 percent. NYMEX crude oil down 1.7 percent, or 68 cents, to $40.40 a barrel. COMEX gold is down three-tenths percent, or $4, to 12 50.30 an ounce. The euro, $1.1378. The yen, 109.19. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Much greatly appreciate that. Libby Cantrell with us, uh, with PIMCO. Uh, Libby, I know, I know Mike's got a couple themes to, uh, head to here. Uh, just if I could quickly, the Republicans in Washington, if they have to get ready for a Clinton presidency, how do they do that? I mean, what is a, there's been very little discussion actually, of what a Clinton presidency would look like? Yeah, it's a it's a really good question. And I think you could envision sort of two scenarios. One scenario resembles the one that we've seen um, in terms of their strategy with Obama in terms of just trying to obstruct and trying to you know, pass symbolic lang- uh, legislation, knowing that it would be vetoed by the president. The other scenario is that, um, you know, they actually want to partner with Clinton, and this will this will be predicated on how much she reaches across the aisle. I, I'm a little bit more optimistic in terms of the way that she interacts with Congress. I think you'll see her trying to establish deeper relationships both within her own party and on the other side of the aisle uh, in Congress. And if she does that and, you know, her um, – and she's welcome, then you could actually see maybe a, a more productive Washington in 2017. But, um, you know, you're right. There hasn't been a lot of strategy or, or discussion about that so far. Honestly, they're just trying to figure out who their nominee is going to be. Well, let's uh, let's talk about what could be done. Uh, we might as well be ridiculously <laughs> optimistic here. What's the, the the top one or two things that business and uh, Wall Street would like to see accomplished? Well, um, that might be different from what is most probably you know, going to get done. I mean, I think that if you look at the issue areas that you know, Clinton has has um, values as part of her platform, you know, she wants to see you know more spending on infrastructure. And I actually think that again, in this more kind of Pollyannish, optimistic scenario, you could see her trying to trade a big infrastructure bill for maybe corporate tax reform. So she gets increased spending, uh, you know, which some of the Republicans might be loath to do, but in exchange. She actually gives on on corporate tax reform, and I think that would be welcomed by the markets. I think Wall Street would welcome that as well as a as a sign that there is some functioning in Washington. When you say corporate tax reform, what would it look like? 
Well, that's, you know, that's the big question mark, obviously. And there's lots of details. And this is, you know, tax reform just in general. I always characterize it as the unicorn on, on Capitol Hill because everyone likes to talk about it. But it's, you know, kind of mythical. Um, but I think that if you were you're talking about just corporate tax reform and not individual tax reform, you could see something on repatriation. I guess the question would be, you know, what 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 rate people are allowed to, corporations are allowed to repatriate um, their, their foreign cash. Um, but a lot of the details obviously remain to be seen. There's some work uh, in the Ways and Means right now, and also on the Senate Finance Committee, um, trying to lay the foundation for corporate for corporate tax you, reform. And this is this is maybe the wrong question to ask, and if your attorneys at Pimco say this is not appropriate, <laughs> speak up. We don't want to be rude to one El Cantrell. Uh, but the basic idea here of a Republican Party that has to reform and move on from Reagan mythology to yeah. a new Republican Party, do you see that within the hotel lobbies and meeting rooms in your Washington? Yeah, I mean, I think that there are definitely discussions of that in kind of the back, you know, the back rooms. Yeah. And honestly, if you look at what the 12, the 2012 autopsy report after Mitt Romney lost so big in 2012, it was questioning that that Republican orthodoxy, right? It was also really encouraging Republicans to embrace things like immigration reform, trying to reach out to women, to minorities. We haven't really seen that necessarily right, you know, right now. So if they lose big again in 2016, I think you could see them returning to those principles and reevaluating some of the sort of regular orthodoxy that you know, they've held in such um, kind of long stead for, for so long. Well, there is a view that perhaps what we're seeing now from the, the Trumpistas is what the Republican Party will be, and the Republicans will no longer be the party of business. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's difficult to to take that leap. Um, you know, honestly, except for New York, Trump actually hasn't won any primary more than 50 percent, and he has definitely benefited from a very crowded Republican field. So I think to sort of extrapolate too much about what is going on right now with Trump supporters and extra- broadening that to the entire Republican Party yeah. is a little bit too much of a leap. But, yes, there is definitely a contingency in the Republican Party that feels left behind by this recovery, and Republicans are going to have to address that in 2017. What about um, immigration reform, the, yeah. uh, the, the third rail for uh, the Republicans right now? But uh, business would like to see that. Yeah, they would. And honestly, you just look at and we've talked about this before on your show. You just look at the electoral map in the general election and the swing states that are likely to determine the presidency, the Colorados, the Nevadas, the Virginias and North Carolinas. I mean, immigration and our demographics are changing so much in that in, in those states that if I would say if Republicans want to win national elections, they de- they need to broaden their base much more so than they Do have. Do you see now. any indication of that? When no. they come out of convention, <laughs> they have I mean, every yeah. candidate, by yeah. definition, even with respect to Mr. Trump, moves to the middle. The heart of the matter is the formation, frankly, of both parties around a different America than we all grew up. Yeah. In. Yeah. And everybody in this room, you know, an X number of years is a minority in America. We all know that. And within a broad spectrum melting pot of America, where's the Republican Party? November, December of this year. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I don't think you're going to see this pivot this cycle. But again, if they lose big in 2016, um, which some people are prognosticating that they would do if Trump were the nominee, they are they're going to have to ch- broaden the base and change you know, and change their rhetoric, honestly. 
Uh, they just what has worked for them so so well over the last 40 years is not going to to work well in the, in the next 40 years. What is what happens to Wall Street? Donald Trump uh, has, has been bashing uh, yeah. Wall Street right and left. Now, as you say, he's probably going to lose big. But Hillary Clinton has been bashing Wall Street in response to Bernie Sanders. But she did represent Wall Street in the Senate for years. So is the best case scenario maybe from her benign neglect if she were elected? Yeah. And honestly, if you look at her platform and, and yeah, obviously she's had to sort of sh- go more probably farther to the left than maybe even she wanted to. But if you actually look at her policy platform around Wall Street, First of all, much of what she proposes uh, happening would have to have congressional approval, and that looks unlikely in a split Congress if Republicans were to hold the were to hold the House in, in 2017. But other than that, it's it's relatively benign, especially compared to Sanders, who you know his rhetoric is break up the big banks, which he actually doesn't wouldn't have authority to do. Uh, but um, but I, so I think it's it's relatively it's it's more benign than maybe what has been characterized in, in the press, and I think that's what you would see in, in under a Clinton administration. Mm-hmm. What about uh, uh, just the current track that we're on? Leave aside the next president, but yeah. under Dodd-Frank uh, and under the regulatory regime that the Federal Reserve and the FDIC and others are, yes. are following, where does Wall Street end up? As a, as a utility or? In, in, yeah, I don't uh, think it's going to be quite that extreme, but you know, clearly, and you're seeing this with the, the bank's earnings reports, that you know, regulation is absolutely affecting you know, the bank's business models here. And it is, from our perspective, you know, as market participants, it's impacted liquidity and it's impacted their ability to, to make markets because of the capital requirements. But you're seeing smaller banks, less leveraged banks, probably better for the whole financial system at large in terms of safety and soundness. But yes, they are grappling with a different business model going forward because of regulation. We have to ask, because of course around the country, people listen to Libby Cantrell and want to know what's happening on Wall Street and what's happening in Washington. But in Denver, everybody asks you uh, about the football team. So we have to ask before you go, who's under center for the Broncos when they open the season against oh, Carolina? Oh, I know. We were just fall. talking about that. Oh, I God, my guess is as good as yours, Mike. I, you know, I really don't know. We, I'm still just basking in the, the glow of our Super Bowl victory, and that is what I'm going to focus well, on. And I also think that still defense, can, as we've seen, it can win <clears throat> games. So fortify look, the defense. Look. First of all, in New York, no one's focused on the quarterback of Denver. They're looking at Mr. Strahan moving from Kelly over to Good Morning America. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's what, big news that's what matters. Involved. Enlighten us that don't care, Mike. Who are the candidates to take over for St. Well, right now, the only one they have is basically Mark, Mark Sanchez, the, you know, the former Jet. They have uh, Trevor, Trevor Simeon, who's a third-string quarterback. And then they're, they're in the market. So if... If you get tired of hosting surveillance and you would like to play quarterback, you're certainly tall enough. For comedy lightness, folks, sometime watch me throw a football. There's never been a correct throw. Libby Cantrell with PIMCO, thank you for the brief on economics, finance, investment, on the Denver Broncos, another hour of Bloomberg Surveillance.